From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox president Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF. Live from the Bloomberg Interactive Burger Studios, this is Bloomberg Daybreak for Tuesday, July 26, 2022. Coming up this hour. Former President Trump returns to D.C. as talks of another run for office heat up. The Fed prepares another rate hike as the central bank's policy meeting gets underway. Walmart shares sink after the company lowers its forecast. And candidates in the U.K. make their case to replace Boris Johnson. New York's MTA says it may take 13 years to match pre-COVID ridership. Plus talk of Speaker Pelosi possibly heading to Taiwan has made China furious. I'm Michael Barn. More ahead. I'm John Stanshower in sports. The Mets and Yankees both in first place begin a two-game Subway Series tonight at City Field. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak. On Bloomberg 1130 New York. Bloomberg 991 Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 1061 Boston. Bloomberg 960 San Francisco. Sirius XM 119. And around the world on BloombergRadio.com and via the Bloomberg Business App. Good morning, I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. And U.S. stock index futures are lower this morning. We are coming up to 6.01 on Wall Street. And we check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P futures down about 10 points. Dow futures down 129. And NASDAQ futures down about 30. The 10-year Treasury up 6.30 seconds. Yield 2.77%. And the yield on the two-year at 3.01%. And the euro 1.0173 against the dollar. Nathan. Karen, we'll get back to markets in a moment. But we begin in the nation capital where former president donald trump returns for the first time since leaving office amy morris has details from our bloomberg 991 newsroom in washington donald trump will be back inside the beltway as republican rivals maneuver for a possible primary challenge and lawmakers probe his culpability for the january 6th insurrection he'll deliver the keynote address at the america first agenda summit held by the conservative think tank the america first policy institute launched by some former trump white house advisors He's not expected to announce a run for the White House during today's speech, which will be his highest profile speech since leaving office. In Washington, I'm Amy Morris, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Amy, thank you. Well, we stay in Washington, where the Federal Reserve's two-day meeting kicks off today. The central bank is set to raise rates again. That's despite GDP numbers due out Thursday, which could show the U.S. contracted in back-to-back quarters, signaling a recession. However, Moody's chief economist Mark Zandi tells us there are not recession signs at the moment. When you have a lot of jobs, you have low layoffs, you have a lot of consumer spending, income growth is strong. That's not consistent with a recession. This is not a recession. Moody's chief economist Mark Zandi says if the economy does contract, it'll likely be in the next six months. He spoke with our Washington correspondent Joe Matthew on Bloomberg Sound On. Catch the program weekdays at 5 p.m. Eastern on Bloomberg Radio. We're carrying futures are lower ahead of the Fed meeting. Lisa Erickson, senior vice president with U.S. Bank, is preaching caution. We are modestly cautious, advising our clients to move all other things being equal away from equities and more to quality fixed income, 
where, again, historically, they've been able to hold up in times of market volatility. U.S. Bank's Lisa Erickson says the U.S. will narrowly avoid a recession as inflation begins to recede. Well, Nathan, turning to oil now, crude is advancing for a second session. Signs of a tight market are offsetting concerns about an economic slowdown. And checking prices now, NYMEX crude oil is up 2% of $1.90 at $98.62 a barrel. Brent up 1.7% at $106.96. We're also seeing volatility in overseas energy markets. Russia plans to curb natural gas flows on the Nord Stream pipeline, and that's jolting energy markets in Europe. In the U.K., Karen candidates for prime minister faced off in another primetime debate last night. Liz Truss and Rishi Sunak are vying to replace Boris Johnson. Bloomberg's Ewan Potts joins us from London with more. Good morning, Ewan. Good morning, Nathan and Karen. Strong stuff from the final two candidates in the Conservative Party leadership race. In a TV debate, Foreign Secretary Liz Truss warned that tax rises would send the U.K. into a recession. Everybody thinks that putting up taxes at this moment is going to hurt the economy. You can't put up taxes and get growth. If we follow Rishi's plans, we we are headed for a recession. That was Foreign Secretary Liz Truss there. Meanwhile, former Chancellor Rishi Sunak claimed that his opponent's tax plans would push up inflation and mortgages. All proposals would mean that we get this short-term sugar rush of unfunded borrowed tax cuts, but that would be followed by the crash of higher prices and higher mortgage rates. That was former Chancellor Rishi Sunak. Whoever wins the six-week-long contest will end up as the next British Prime Minister. But with a tax like these, it's easy to forget they're both members of the same political party. In London, I'm Ewan Potts, Bloomberg Daybreak. Ewan, thank you. Back here in the U.S., corporate earnings are in focus today, and shares of Walmart are down 8.5% in early trading after the company lowered its forecast for the second quarter. Bloomberg's Renita Young joins us live with the details. Renita, good morning. Good morning, Karen. Analysts say Walmart's warning gives more insight into the health of the U.S. consumer. That's likely to signal more pain ahead for retail stocks as they take on food and gas inflation. Morgan Stanley cut its price target for Walmart and says it challenges the broker's view of the retail giant as a safe haven play. City analysts didn't think Walmart would be hit as much as others and say the news is a sign that marginally higher income consumers are feeling the pinch from inflation. But Piper Sandler says it's too early to take a more constructive view on Walmart, so analysts there are waiting on a more broad earnings reset industry-wide. Live in New York, I'm Renita Young, Bloomberg Daybreak. Hi, Renita. Thanks. Back in Europe, UBS reported weaker-than-expected profit for the second quarter. The global market sell-off kept wealthy clients on the sidelines as the Swiss bank saw outflows of $12 billion. Surging prices and slowing growth also hit the results. We spoke with UBS CEO Ralph Hammers about his outlook for inflation and how it's impacting businesses. In some businesses, there is still quite some tension in the labor markets. So that has not gone completely away yet. So it's a mix of inflation and, uh, and the labor market circumstances. If inflation continues to be here, of course, it will be reflected also in pay. UBS CEO Ralph Hammers called the second quarter one of the most challenging periods in the last 10 years. Shares of the bank are down more than 6%. Well, Nathan Unilever also out with earnings results are mostly in line with estimates. The company is raising prices to battle inflation. That's helping to offset certain costs, and shares are up 2% in London. In Asia overnight, Karen stocks got a boost from China's tech sector. The CSI 300 and the Hang Seng climbed after reports that Alibaba will seek a primary listing in Hong Kong. The move could provide a template for Chinese companies to exit exchanges in New York. 
And cryptocurrencies are also under pressure this morning, Nathan. That's as sources tell us Coinbase Global is facing an investigation from the Securities and Exchange Commission. We're told the SEC is probing whether Coinbase improperly let Americans or let Americans trade digital assets that should have been registered as securities. Again, futures are lower this morning. Straight ahead, your latest local headlines, plus a check of sports. And this is Bloomberg. Thanks, Karen. 607 on Wall Street, 71 degrees in Central Park. Problems on the east side. Got a crash southbound FDR Drive at 79th Street. More coming up in traffic. First, Michael Bars here with more on what else is going on in New York and around the world. Michael. Thank you very much, Nathan. More people are being infected by the monkeypox virus in the U.S. So far, there are almost 2,900 known cases and no deaths. During an event at Harlem Hospital, New York City Mayor Eric Adams notes that most of the state's current 900 cases come from New York City, and they need additional resources from the federal government to help slow the spread. Almost 90% of the cases in this state is in New York City. And so this is, once again, we were the the epicenter again. Last week, the WHO proclaimed the spread of monkeypox a global emergency. Officials say New York's MTA may not regain 100% of pre-pandemic ridership until about 2035. Ridership on New York City subways, buses, and commuter rail lines is now projected to reach 74% of 2019 levels in late 2024. The back and forth on whether House Speaker Nancy Pelosi is going to visit Taiwan as China angry. Bloomberg's Ed Baxter reports. Beijing has issued its strongest statement yet regarding the proposed visit, saying the U.S. should be ready to face the consequences. So Richard Haas of the Council on Foreign Relations on Bloomberg says it is time for the globe to figure out plans and responses. Which means taking military preparations ourselves, strengthening Taiwan, continuing to work more closely with Japan, organizing Europe about what sanctions would be put in place if China ever moved against Taiwan. Haas says at some point there will be a confrontation between China and the U.S. regarding Taiwan. In San Francisco, I'm Ed Baxter, Bloomberg Daybreak. New York Republican Congressman Lee Zeldin is reacting to a man who tried to attack him last week. 43-year-old David Jacobanis was rearrested and federally charged after he jumped on stage during a political rally on Thursday. He tried stabbing Zeldin, who was not hurt. Zeldin is calling on the New York State Legislature to get rid of cashless bail. The good news is the attacker, as of Saturday, was rearrested. And as far as anything else that the federal government wants to charge him with or anything else that the district attorney's office wants to charge him with, they have that opportunity working with each other to decide what that is. If convicted, Jacobanis could spend up to 10 years in prison. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg Nathan. Michael, thank you. Up to 610 on Wall Street, John Stashower has a Bloomberg Sports update. Thanks, Nathan. The Subway Series always about bragging rights, but the one that starts tonight at City Field has another billing, possible World Series preview. Both teams have been in first place basically all season, although the Mets lead once 10 and a half games is down to two. The Mets did get some help last night from the Phillies. Bryson Stott, in particular, his three-run homer eighth inning gave the Phils a 6-4 win over Atlanta. The Yankees lead the AL East by 12 and a half games. Their concern is finishing ahead of Houston for best overall record. The Astros saw their five-game win streak come to an end in Oakland, so the Yanks two games ahead. Starting pitchers tonight, Jordan Montgomery for the Yanks, Taiwan Walker for the Mets, and Aaron Judge is excited. 
the fans getting into it. It's always a packed playoff atmosphere. Um, always back and forth. You never know what's going to happen. Um, and this is a competition. You know, they got a great pitching staff, great offense over there. You know, so do we. So, you know, looking forward to see what happens. Judge has 37 home runs, seven more than anyone in baseball. He has 81 RBIs. The only player with more is Pete Alonso. He has 82. Details emerging about trade talks between the Nets and Celtics involving Kevin Durant. Reportedly, the Celts offered to Brooklyn Jalen Brown, Derek White in a first-round pick, and the Nets wanted Brown and Marcus Smart and multiple picks, and the Celtics said no. No secret, Knicks trying to acquire Donovan Mitchell from Utah. Now there's word that Washington, Charlotte, and Sacramento are all talking to the Jazz as well. Knicks also said to be one of the few teams that have spoken with the Lakers about acquiring Russell Westbrook. John Stashauer, Bloomberg Sports. Nathan? Thank you, John. Some red headlines across the Bloomberg Terminal. UPS out with second quarter earnings of beat analyst estimates. GM's results missed. The carmaker reaffirmed its view for the year. And European Union countries reach a deal to cut gas use for next winter. Futures moving lower this morning. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg 11.30 weather, partly sunny, less humid today, mid-80s for highs. We'll bring back chances for afternoon showers and thunderstorms tomorrow and Thursday, both days near 90 degrees. Right now, 71 in Central Park. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business app, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow, and we've been watching earnings cross the Bloomberg this morning with UPS reporting second quarter profit that beat analyst estimates a no-share higher in early trading up 1.9%. GM second quarter profit missed analyst estimates, and shares are down about a third of a percent this morning. Futures are also lower. S&P futures down 13 points. Dow futures down 152, and NASDAQ futures down 43. The DAX in Germany is down half percent. The 10-year Treasury up 11.30 seconds, yield 27 5% yield on the two-year, 3.002%. NYMEX crude oil is up 1.7% of $1.60 at $98.27 a barrel. COMEX gold at a quarter percent or $4 at 17.33, 10 an ounce. The euro, 1.0142 against the dollar. British pound, 1.1988. And the yen 136.80. And Bitcoin this morning down 4.9% at $21,090. Sets up a Bloomberg business flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael. Karen, thank you very much. Former President Donald Trump will return to Washington today for the first time since leaving office. Trump will address the America First Policy Institute's two-day summit. Sometime in the future, Trump could announce a 2024 White House campaign. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's staff and security officials aren't ruling out plans for her to visit Taiwan in early August. The possible trip has already stoked more U.S.-China tensions. In baseball, the Red Sox beat the Guardians 3-1. The Orioles down the Rays 5-1. The Nationals beat the Dodgers 4-1. The A's beat the Astros 7-5. And the Diamondbacks blank the Giants 7-zip. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take. Powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg Nathan. Okay, Michael, thank you. It is 619 on Wall Street, live from the Bloomberg Interactive Brokers Studios. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. And Priya Misra is with us now, Global Head of Rate Strategy at TD Securities, as the Federal Reserve and 
really all the rest of us get ready for the two-day July policy meeting and that hotly anticipated decision coming up tomorrow. Priya, it's great to speak with you this morning. Uh, the markets have pretty much priced in 75 basis points. What are the chances we get something else, maybe an upside surprise from the Fed tomorrow? Morning, uh and thanks for having me. Um, you know, I think the market was pricing in a decent chance of 100 basis points after the um, the very high uh, CPI report. But then since then, you know, I, I think growth is slowing. The Fed may want to start to slow down that uh, that pace of rate hikes. We heard from a bunch of Fed officials talking about 75 is still very large. So, you know, our view is that they go 75. I would say the chance of a higher uh, amount is is low. I mean, the market's pricing in 10% chance. I would say that's fair. I think the big question is, what is the downshift? Does Chair Powell commit to that uh, downshift going forward? It's all about that that terminal rate, which has actually gone down significantly. I think the market's a little bit too pessimistic on growth here and optimistic on inflation because the market's taken the end point of the hiking cycle from 4% to now as low as 3.3. I think the Fed may be forced to keep going here because inflation is still very high and the unemployment rate is still low. So I don't think they're going to signal that they are very close to being done with the hiking cycle. I think that's the that's it's really the, the, the forward guidance or the messaging about future hikes that we'll be focused on. I think this 75, as you said, is essentially all priced in. Well, where do you see the terminal rate going and how do you see the Fed potentially uh, moving into this hiking cycle here? Are, are, are you forecasting a slowdown from the Fed? We are. So, you know, our view is that they really wanted to front load to get to neutral. With this 175 basis points, they'll get to neutral. At this point, they can then start to go a little bit slower, you know, but it's still 50 basis points. So we've got 50 basis point hikes really September, November, December, and that's when the hiking cycle ends. You know, I think they have to go into restrictive territory. They really have to control the inflation narrative and, and, and inflation expectations. And so, you know, I don't think they can sound too concerned about growth. The problem is growth is also slowing. So we think, you know, when you get close to that 370, so our view on terminal is 375, maybe as high as four, if inflation doesn't really slow down core inflation. I think headline is likely to slow down, but they're going to also look at core. That shelter number is very high, and that tends to be very trending. So if that doesn't slow down, I think they can go as high as 4% and then slow down. And I think what I struggle with is the market's pricing in cuts right away. And, you know, I really, I think there's a different threshold for the Fed to stop hiking. I think slowing in inflation, slowing in growth, once they get to 375 or 4, they stop. The market's saying, oh, next meeting, they start to cut. And I think that's where we're going to struggle. I think we'll all look at slowing growth and wait for the Fed to to start to ease. I don't think they'll be able to ease with inflation, you know, at 5% or 6% early next year. I think that's the surprise, sort of negative surprise for uh, for risk assets that could be ahead. Do you think this economy is slowing into a recession? We've heard from the White House saying that the technical recession, two straight quarters of negative growth, isn't necessarily a broad-based recession. What's your view on that? Sure. So I think what we've seen in the first quarter and the second quarter is sort of negative for, you know, technical reasons, meaning the, the, it's not a broad-based slowdown. I would agree with the White House there. NBER is the one that actually announces whether we're in a recession. I don't think we're in a recession right now, despite the negative GDP. It was net exports related, and, and, and it's an inventory drag in the second quarter. 
but we do think we're slowing. We're slowing from very strong levels. The labor market's very hot. I mean, we're well through what the Fed believes uh, the natural rate of unemployment is. So I think the unemployment rate's going to go up. The economy is going to slow. It is odd that the Fed is hiking into a slowdown, but I think we've got an inflation problem. Um, so, you know, where I'm more concerned about a recession, either late this year, fourth quarter, early next year, that's where I think the risks are much higher. That would be a more broad-based slowdown because the labor market by that point starts to, you know, the unemployment rate starts to rise. And then it's hard to see how the Fed can finesse it perfectly where the unemployment rate only increases by a couple of percent, uh, you know, a couple of tenths of a percentage point. That's where I think the risks are higher. But I, I think right now we're slowing from strong levels. So I, I don't think we're in a recession right now. Great to have you on with us. Thanks for these insights this morning, Priya. Really appreciate it. Priya Misra, Global Head of Rate Strategy at uh, TD Securities with us this morning. Getting more earnings crossing the Bloomberg Terminal this morning. GE with a big earnings beat, 78 cents adjusted EPS. The estimate was 37 cents, so earnings coming in more than double analyst estimates. Right now, S&P futures down 17 points. Dow futures down 185. NASDAQ futures down 60. You're listening to Bloomberg Daybreak. Bloomberg 11.30 weather. Partly sunny, less humid today, mid-80s for highs. We'll bring back the humidity tomorrow and Thursday, both days with an afternoon chance for showers and thunderstorms on a high near 90 degrees. Right now, 71 in Central Park. Broadcasting live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studio in New York. Bloomberg 1130 to Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 991 to Boston. Bloomberg 1061 to San Francisco. Bloomberg 960 to the country. Sirius XM Channel 119 and around the globe. The Bloomberg Business App and BloombergRadio.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. on Wall Street. Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. We are just about three hours away from the open of U.S. trading. Time for the five things you need to know to start your day. Brought to you by Interactive Brokers Global Analyst. It helps you find new global investment opportunities to diversify your portfolio and discover undervalued companies that may have greater growth potential. Try IBKR Global Analyst today at IBKR.com slash GA. First, we begin in the nation's capital. Former President Donald Trump is returning to D.C. for the first time since leaving office in the Federal Reserve's two-day meeting kicks off today in Washington. The central bank is set to raise rates as it looks to tamp down inflation. And futures are lower as markets get ready for that next move, Karen. Lisa Erickson, uh, Senior Vice President at U.S. Bank, is preaching caution on stocks. We are more defensive right now. Again, while in the near term we see some of that underlying fundamental strength that we came into the year as preventing the worst-case scenarios. Lisa Erickson with U.S. Bank also thinks the U.S. will narrowly avoid a recession. Well, Nathan, corporate earnings in focus today. Shares of Walmart down more than 9% after the company lowered a second quarter forecast. Bloomberg's Renita Young joins us live with the details. Renita, good morning. Good morning, Karen. Analysts say Walmart's warning gives more insight into the health of the U.S. consumer. That's likely to signal more pain ahead for retail stocks as they take on food and gas inflation. Morgan Stanley cut its price target for Walmart and says it challenges the broker's view of the retail giant as a safe haven play. City 
beauty analysts didn't think Walmart would be hit as much as others and say the news is a sign that marginally higher income consumers are feeling the inflation pinch. But Piper Sandler says it's too early to take a more constructive view on Walmart. So analysts there are waiting on a more broad earnings reset industry-wide. Live in New York, I'm Renita Young, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Renita, thank you. Over in Europe, UBS reported weaker than expected second quarter profit, and the Swiss bank's shares are now down nearly 7%. And in the U.S., Nathan, it's a big week for big tech. Bloomberg's Jeff Bellinger reports on Microsoft earnings due out today. Bloomberg Intelligence notes that half of Microsoft's total sales come from outside the U.S. That makes the software giant more susceptible to foreign exchange movements, and the stronger dollar may have weighed on the company's bottom line. Sales of consumer PCs may have slowed, but BI expects to hear that overall sales increased 14%. Jeff Bellinger, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Jeff, thank you. That's the five things that you need to know to start your day. Brought to you by Interactive Brokers. And futures this morning are moving lower straight ahead. We have your latest local headlines, plus a check of sports. And this is Bloomberg. Thank you, Karen. 633 on Wall Street, 72 degrees in Central Park. Got an accident in Queens, northbound Cross Island Parkway at Bell Boulevard. We'll get to the details in traffic. First, Michael Barr is here with what else is going on in New York and around the world. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Nathan. Monkeypox cases in the U.S. continue to grow. There are almost 2,900 cases so far. Close to 840 cases are identified in New York City alone. Mayor Eric Adams. They're always coming up with new ways of solving uh, the problems that we face in monkeypox is a problem. The disease spreads primarily through skin-to-skin contact or direct contact with the virus. Officials say high-risk people are those who have been in contact with a known monkeypox patient, which right now mostly includes men who have sex with men who have multiple partners. White House Coronavirus Response Coordinator Dr. Ashish Jha. It's really important that we do not use this moment to uh, propagate homophobic or transphobic uh, messaging. And, and I think it's really important that we stick to the science, stick to the evidence, and do it in a way that's respectable of people. The World Health Organization declared the ongoing monkeypox outbreak to be a global public health emergency. A senior MTA official says New York may not regain 100% of pre-pandemic ridership until about 2035. Ridership on New York City subways, buses, and commuter rail lines is now projected to reach 74% of 2019 levels in late 2024. President Biden made rare comments about his White House predecessor and his lack of action on the January 6th riot. The president remotely addressed black police officials about President Trump. For three hours, the defeated former president of the United States watched it all happen as he sat in the comfort of the private dining room next to the Oval Office. While he was doing that, brave law enforcement officer subject to the medieval hell. President Biden telling the nation that Americans can't be pro-insurrection and pro-cop or pro-democracy. There is more fallout from House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's possible visit to Taiwan next month. China has warned that any visit to the island nation that it considers part of China will be met with serious consequences. State Department spokesman Ned Price. 
We remain committed to maintaining cross-strait peace and stability uh, and our one-China policy. There has been no official announcement from spokesman Ned Price or any senior officials about a Pelosi trip. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts, more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg. Nathan. Thanks, Michael. Almost 6.36 on Wall Street. John Stashauer has the Bloomberg Sports Update. All right, Nathan. First Subway Series game of the season. Usually not this late and normally not with both teams in first place. The Mets and Yankees play tonight and tomorrow at City Field and then twice next month in the Bronx. Tonight it's Jordan Montgomery against Taiwan Walker. Last night the Phillies down 3 nothing, came back, beat Atlanta 6-4. to Bryson Stott, game-winning three-run homer in the eighth inning. That helps the Mets. They lead the Braves now by two. The Yankees lead the Astros by two in the race for best overall record. Houston lost. Last night in Oakland, much-needed win for the Red Sox. They had lost five in a row. They had allowed 67 runs in those five. They beat Cleveland at Fenway 3-1. to Baseball trade deadline in one week. Both the Mets and Yankees believed to be in talks with Washington about acquiring Juan Soto. That would certainly be a blockbuster. Yankees GM Brian Cashman told the Yes Network he's always looking to make any move necessary. Every chess piece, every decision, every promotion or import, it's all designed to to improve your shot and your team's abilities and your manager's uh, maneuverability uh, and choices that he has to play with. The Yanks also said to be interested in Cincinnati pitcher Luis Castillo and Kansas City outfielder Andrew Benintendi. The concern with him, he's unvaccinated, so he can't play games in Toronto. The Cardinals play in Toronto tonight, and St. Louis will be without its top two hitters, Paul Goldschmidt, Nolan Arenado, both unvaxxed. The doors open at all 32 NFL training camps today for the Jets and Giants. They come off seasons where they both went 4-13. and 13. John Stashauer, Bloomberg Sports. Nathan? Thank you, John. 637 on Wall Street. Time to take a look at stocks. Some of the names moving in the pre-market. Bloomberg Radio and TV Markets correspondent Kriti Gupta is very busy this morning because there has already been a lot of earnings crossing the tape in the pre-market. Where do you want to start, Kriti? Let's start with General Motors here because th- this is, I think, almost the old story is the new story. General Motors missing their profit estimates this is, of course, coming after the chip shortage. They're saying, well, look, the chips are st- issue is still a major issue. We've been talking about this for almost a year and a half now, Nathan, uh, and it's enormous. And they're saying basically without all the chips, they can't increase their output. Therefore, uh, when people buy cars, there's just no supply the- for them. That being said, the way they're making it up is by having higher sticker prices on their SUVs and their trucks. So their production volume uh, remains constrained, but ultimately uh, the kind of sticker price makes up for it. That being said, Mary Barra, the uh, chief executive officer of GM, she does say that they expect those deliveries to be up sharply in the second half. So basically the first half is not representative of what the back half of the year is going to be like. Still, that is not helping the shares regardless. GM is also the ticker as well as the company's name. Down 1.4% in the pre-market. So it, it really is the old story is the new story. And while we're talking about some of those industrials, I would argue, um, mm-hmm. 3M is another one we want to keep an eye on. Those earnings coming out as well. MMM is your ticker. The shares are up about 2% this morning. This comes after they announced a spinoff of their healthcare unit, a huge project that they're saying is going to help monetize their healthcare business in the long term. And Nathan, this is a theme. We just heard Amazon getting into the healthcare business. It yeah. looks like healthcare is the place to be at the moment. 
moment. Yeah, it certainly does. And we also got that uh, big news yesterday from Walmart uh, cutting its outlook. Are we seeing some uh, spillover into uh, other big box retailers? Oh, we absolutely are. The pain is is back when it comes to the retailers. Down about 9.3% for Walmart shares. WMT is your ticker. And to your point, they did talk about that uh that massive um, miss, they, their, their cut on their full-year forecast, Nathan, is huge. They had previously forecasted a drop of about 1% on their full-year forecast. Now they're saying it's going to be 11 to 13%. That is enormous. In addition to talking about, this, of course, the inventory buildup that we've seen across the board, really. Remember, we had Target come out with that big warning um, more recently. TGT is the other ticker, down about 5% on Target shares. And the issue with Walmart, Nathan, um, for, for the folks, Folks who are not New Yorkers and are familiar with Walmart, you'll know mm-hmm. that everyday low prices is their thing. Right. Um, and price match guarantees, they target a lower income audience. But that, of course, is the part that is most hit by inflation as well. So you can't pass on the higher input costs. And that's what's really hitting their bottom line there. Yeah, big part of the economic story as we continue to watch these earnings come through. Kriti Gupta, Bloomberg Radio and TV Markets correspondent, with us in the pre-market. As we say, we're going to be very busy for the next several days, if not weeks here. Looking ahead to the market open this morning, futures moving lower. S&P futures down 18 points. Dow futures down 160. Three Nasdaq futures lower by 69 points. The 10-year Treasury up 11.30 seconds, yield 2.75% ahead of the Fed's July decision tomorrow. You're listening to Bloomberg Daybreak. Bloomberg 1130 weather, partly sunny, less humid today, mid-80s for highs. We'll be back near 90 tomorrow and Thursday, both days with chances for afternoon showers and thunderstorms. Right now, 72 in Central Park. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business App, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow, and it's been a busy morning for earnings and futures are lower. We go to the first word breaking news desk for today's morning call, and here's Bill Maloney. Bill, good morning. And good morning, Karen. Walmart is setting the tone today, dropping 10% pre-market. Dow futures currently down 150 points. S&P's dropped 15, while the Nasdaq futures are off by 61. The U.S. 10-yield sinks to 2.76%. Gold is little changed. Oil is climbing. And Bitcoin is down by 5%. Hong Kong rose 1.7% overnight, while European markets are in the red this morning. And back in the U.S. on the economic front at 10 o'clock, consumer confidence and new home sales. After the bell last night, Walmart cut its profit outlook again. And regarding some of the earnings this morning, GE and UPS beat estimates. And also look for Coca-Cola and McDonald's to report in the pre-market. In deal news, 3M plans to spin off its healthcare business. And wrapping things up, MicroStrategy was cut to underperform over at Jeffries. Live from the First Order Breaking News Desk, I'm Bill Maloney. Karen? All right, Bill, thank you to hear live breaking news over your Bloomberg type squawk on your terminal, S-Q-U-A-W-K. That's a Bloomberg business flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael. Karen, thank you very much. It will be the first time President Trump returns to Washington since leaving office. Today, the former president will deliver a policy speech before an allied think tank crafting a possible second Trump term. WNBA star Brittany Griner has returned to a Russian courtroom for her drawn-out trial on drug charges that could bring her 10 years in prison if convicted. 
The trial of the Phoenix Mercury standout began July 1st, but only four sessions have been held, some of them lasting only a few hours. In baseball, the Red Sox beat the Guardians 3-1, the Orioles down the Rays 5-1, the Nationals beat the Dodgers 4-1, the A's beat the Astros 7-5, the Diamondbacks blank the Giants 7-zip. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take. Powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts, more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg Heron. All right, Michael Barr, thank you. And it is 649 on Wall Street. We turn to news and science and technology now with the Bloomberg NJIT STEM report brought to you by New Jersey Institute of Technology, transforming computing professionals into data scientists to meet the demand in this fast-growing field. Learn more at njit.edu slash data science. Now here's its making news in science, technology, engineering, and math. Environmental groups are asking Tesla to reconsider its plans for nickel investment in Indonesia. Dozens of organizations asked the EV giant to terminate plans, citing the country's history of environmental damage and anti-democratic governance. Indonesia is the world's top producer of nickel. JD.com and Baidu are among Chinese tech firms that may follow Alibaba in applying for a Hong Kong primary listing as the financial hub seeks to attract mainland investors and hedge against the risk of being kicked off U.S. exchanges. Over the past year, Chinese companies have increasingly opted for a dual primary listing in both the U.S. and Hong Kong. And crypto owners would not have to report small transactions under a bipartisan bill sponsored by Republican Senator Pat Toomey and Democrat Kirsten Sinema that's aimed at simplifying the use of virtual currencies. It's unclear if the bill could be considered this year. That's the Bloomberg NJIT STEM report. Nathan. Interesting note out of Washington there. Thank you, Karen. We are live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios. We're at 650 on Wall Street, and it is time to check what's going on in D.C. Some of the top stories in our nation's capital include former President Donald Trump returning to Washington to make a policy speech, China fuming over House Speaker Nancy Pelosi potentially heading to Taiwan, and the Biden team's take on a technical recession. It's not real. Let's bring back Joe Matthew, our Washington correspondent, host of Sound On here on Bloomberg Radio. Joe, what is the level of anticipation from where you sit for the former president's return later today? Well, it's very high. Uh, we've been, uh, you know, anticipating this speech, and and we now understand that we will have dueling speeches as we first thought yesterday. You might have heard that Mike Pence's speech at the Heritage Foundation here in D.C. Uh, last evening had to be postponed because of weather. Could and get the plane here, but he's set to speak at a separate event this morning in Washington. So this becomes a bigger story when you consider the two of them talking within hours of each other here. As far as Donald Trump is concerned, look, it, it's not his first speech since he left the White House. So his messaging, uh, the, 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 the points that he plans to hit and the people he'll be surrounding himself with will look very familiar. It's billed as a speech to the America First Policy Institute. Yeah. Are we expecting a policy speech from the president? Well, to the extent that Donald Trump delivers policy speeches, and I'm sure there will be, we'll talk about border policy. I, I suspect we'll hear about trade policy, maybe military policy as well, foreign policy, the way we're dealing with Vladimir Putin and so forth, as opposed to, you know, a laundry list of proposals here. But the fact of the matter is the president has not announced a run for the White House. He's not 
not expected to do so today, at least in, in, in a formal sense. He likes to say, you know, we won twice and we might just have to do it again. That's kind of a stock line in his speech that gets a big round of applause. But as far as today goes, you know, it's going to be kind of warming back up to the crowd. Kevin McCarthy, the minority leader in the House, is going to be uh, speaking before the president, surrounding himself again by members of the Republican Party here in Washington that are on board with Trump. A lot of House leadership will be there as opposed to Senate leadership. Mitch McConnell will not be in the room. And as you point out, we are going to get now dueling speeches from the president and the former vice president, potentially setting up uh, at least the dynamic for a possible 2024 opposition here. Is is that part of what we could be expecting? Certainly anything is possible. It's pretty clear that Mike Pence would like to run. It's not clear whether we're going to have a Trump versus Pence race, although that would be a heck of a spectacle. The thing is, it's really unclear right now, as we've watched Donald Trump and a lot of candidates in the primary trail. Uh, some call him, including our own uh, political analyst, Rick Davis, Mr. 35 percent, because that's really been the threshold for his victories on the campaign trail. Could he actually beat Mike Pence? Could Mike Pence bring a real base of support here? It's very difficult to tell in the couple of years uh, that that we've gone through here, certainly after January 6th, because a lot of Republicans tend uh, not to say that they don't want to support Trump. So, you know, does Mike Pence have a, a sort of silent base out there? That's what he's trying to figure out as the establishment Republicans like Mitch McConnell go a little bit further over to that side. And, and speaking of January 6th, Joe, it has to be noted that this appearance is coming as the House January 6th committee and even other bodies outside Washington are still investigating the former Completely. president. That's true. And, you know, we talk a lot about Joe Biden's approval ratings here. Take a look at Donald Trump's approval ratings. Joe Biden is in the low to mid-30s, which is historically low. It's a major problem. But you know what? Donald Trump is in the low 40s. Not that far ahead, to be perfectly honest with you, and a majority of voters on both the Democratic and Republican sides have said to pollsters very recently, including one uh, by the New York Times and Siena College over the last couple of weeks, that they don't they don't prefer either in front of their party. They want new faces. Democrats would prefer somebody other than Joe Biden. Republicans, at least a majority, tell pollsters they prefer somebody other than Donald Trump. All right. Well, let's turn uh, while we wait for that speech from the former president later this afternoon to what's happening in this current White House under President Mm -hmm. Biden. And it seems like there's still mounting pressure from China over this reported trip to Taiwan by House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. We're getting more comments from the Chinese government just this morning. Yeah, this is true. Uh, we've, you know, we heard yesterday about how they were going to be uh, making special preparations if she were to come. The question becomes now, which looks worse, showing up when President Biden says she should not or the Pentagon says she should not or canceling the trip and looking like we kowtowed to the Chinese. A lot of Republicans are saying that she should go for that reason. But keep in mind that we have seen other high ranking U.S. officials visit Taiwan. Uh, Mike Pompeo went, the former secretary of state, the former defense secretary, Mark Esper. The Speaker of the House is apparently a little too far up the food chain uh, for the Chinese to stomach here, but it is another scenario that reminds us of our separate branches of government. Nancy Pelosi does not want to be told where or when to travel by the White House, but you also have to keep in mind that she would need the administration, and by that I mean, again, the Pentagon, to provide transportation for a Codell like this. That's an Air Force jet she'd be flying on. 
So at some point, they'll need to get their heads together on it. The idea would be, though, to not have her on the ground in Taiwan within days of President Biden speaking with President Xi, and I suspect they'll figure that out. Yeah, that's just what I wanted to get to, Joe, because the president said that he could be speaking with the Chinese leader as soon as this week. How does this back and forth about uh, the speaker, Pelosi, affect those preparations for that call. It's kind of hard to tell if, if it does affect them at all. You know, this just could be kind of noise in the background by the time these two get on the phone. I think the concern would be if Nancy Pelosi were, were taking pictures, uh, you know, if there were photo ops in Taiwan leading up to or just after that meeting, that, that might make things a little bit more complicated. But Taiwan is going to be something that's discussed in this call. And after Joe Biden said, and the White House went back to clarify what he said, uh, that we would, in fact, uh, support Taiwan if it were invaded by China. A lot of questions about what exactly the policy is at this point with this White House. All right. Bloomberg Washington correspondent Joe Matthew. Catch him on Sound On this afternoon, 5 p.m. Wall Street time on Bloomberg Radio. We'll get to certainly more reaction uh, to former President Donald Trump's speech before the America First Policy Institute. You can read more about all these stories as well on Bloomberg.com or on the Bloomberg Terminal and listen to Bloomberg Radio in Washington. Bloomberg 99.1 and 105.7 FM HD2. As we continue to watch earnings cross the Bloomberg Terminal, Coca-Cola out with second quarter results to beat analyst estimates and boosting their guidance. Guidance uh, for the fiscal year. Uh, futures moving lower. S&P futures down 14 points. Dow futures down 143. NASDAQ futures down 57 points. Much more to come on Bloomberg Surveillance with Tom Keene, Jonathan Farrow, and Lisa Abramowitz. For Karen Moscow, I'm Nathan Hager. This is Bloomberg. From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox President Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF.